0: Hello and welcome to Move the Line Prop Drop Show presented by Thrive Fantasy. I'm Ryan Noonan. Here as always in the space every Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, to talk about the best and most profitable way to bet on NFL football, and that is player props. Uh, If you're hanging out with us live on YouTube, subscribe so you don't miss a show. Jump in the chat, let us know what your favorite prop is for week three, something you're on the fence about, something you want to get our thoughts on. Happy to handle those at the end of the show. Joining me here. As always, Connor Allen. Connor, week three, how are we feeling? Um, Week
1: two was probably one of the worst weeks of my life, just like, you know, betting-wise. But I've never felt more confident, you know, heading into week three. You know, blank slate, ready to go in fresh. You know, I'm pumped to to break down week three and, you know, nail some winners this week. Turn the page.
0: Uh, Also joining us in this space every week, man behind the Mayo Media Network, the Pat Mayo
2: Experience. It is the man himself. It's Pat Mayo. How are we doing? I'm like streaming President's Cup on the phone in front of me to make sure that uh, I need Cam Davis to come back, Ryan. We t- we spoke about this throughout the course of the week. Jumped on your Twitter spaces. Uh, I'm set up well with the internationals. I like where it's heading. I got it on in the background over here, so I'm trying to stay
0: focused. It's muted so no one can hear it. But yeah, I mean, President's Cup, we, you know, Pat and I are staying in the golf streets all year round, so we got to try to sweat those things. Cam Young looking pretty good so far, so we'll see how this can can pan out uh tom kim ripped through two pairs of pants this morning which so he's having an interesting day so uh yeah good stuff over there always check out uh jeff and pat's golf stuff if you somehow are in this world watching this show and you don't watch pat for golf um i'm talking to like zero percent of the the listeners here so uh always good stuff there um want to remind folks that we have two episodes of move line each week both available here to stream on youtube available in podcast form as well uh, in addition to the prop drop, we have a game preview show with Connor, John Daigle, and myself that goes live 7 p.m. Eastern on Thursday nights leading into the Thursday night football game. So subscribing will help you catch that one. You can check out last night's show, nine bets in there for week three. So uh, before we get started, I want to tell our listeners a little bit about our friends at Thrive Fantasy. And again, they are um, about 8% filled for their current week three uh, big gpp there and if you're not familiar with thrive it is a daily fantasy sports platform for esports and player props essentially they have a, a tournament where you can choose 10 of the 20 available player props to build a lineup each prop has a assigned fantasy value for both the over and under based on how likely it is to hit if you hit the most props accumulate the most points you can win a share of the prize pool they have a $25 gpp which again probably will not fill uh, they continue to cut it down in size, but we want to help them fill it as much as we can. So use our promo code prop drop. When you sign up today, you will receive a hundred percent instant first deposit match up to two hundred and fifty dollars. Uh download Thrive in the app store or go over to thrivefantasy.com, sign up and prop up today. All right, week three. Week two sucked. Um we're turning the page there. Prop wise. I think there was some other stuff that we had that went well, but uh, props were a struggle again. But week one just that singular point of data. after week two, we kind of open up the possibility of some trends. And I think the goal here is to get ahead of those trends as quickly as possible. Um, difficult with small sample size with matchups, different things like that, but we're trying to draw on a combination of the first two weeks, what we've seen and heard coming into the season with these teams. I think bookmakers are also likely to hold on to priors as well. So we're going to try to find ways that we can leverage that all lines here are going to be live lines that you can bet on right now. No one's here to give stale lines our goal is to do our best to make sure you can get the same line and price that we do. Uh, Connor, get us started. Week three, your first play.
1: Yeah. So my first play of the week, I like Tyler Conklin under 28 and a half receiving yards. This is minus 115 15, a DK. So I think the big news here is CJ Uzoma practicing in full um, and trending towards playing as his former team in the Bengals. And he's been pretty dead set on not missing this game for, you know, for what that's worth. Uh, with players with player takes on their own injuries but i mean uzoma figures to rotate in a little bit more with tyler conklin reduces opportunity after conklin played 92 and 100 percent of the snaps last two weeks ran 84.4 percent of the routes more than garrett wilson and uh Corey davis over the past two weeks now uh, conklin's still despite that only one and two on this number despite seeing seven to nine targets in two games because his average of the target only 1.1 yards right now um, you know i expected the jets league-leading pass volume right now to eventually regress and probably come down a little bit. Um, and if Uzoma plays essentially any kind of role here, I like the under on his yardage. I know that it's low as is, but with you know, lower dot targets and less volume, I, I like the under here. Pat, uh, what are
0: your thoughts on the, the Conklin stuff?
2: It's funny because I had Conklin over three and a half receptions before the Ozama news was going to come out. I had to wait for that news to break and it does look he's going to play. So no longer a a great spot for Tyler Conklin, although if he ends up being the tight end who runs the majority of the snaps for the Jets, I'm not going to be super stunned. So now it just becomes more of like a DFS play than actually a bet on prop play because it's not going to lean heavy one way or another for me. But I I mean it, it would be a stay away for me. It's actually there's actually a bunch of Jet stuff I do like. So I, I'll kind of hop onto that of what Connor said about maybe it's not so pass happy. I, I mean, this game is for everyone saying that the Bengals are gonna blow out the Jets, spreads only five. I think it's gonna be a relatively close game. And after what we saw last week, getting the rookies more involved, both Garrett Wilson and Brees Hall, this one's juiced up a little bit, but Brees Hall over six and a half rushing attempts, minus 145. This is the biggest winner of any prop per my, my 10,000 simulations right now. Uh, I haven't projected at 12 carries in this game, and they have at 6.5. That's a that's a huge number. Um,
0: wow, that's way off. Yeah, be interesting to see. I mean, I, I think that we've seen a lot of work from Carter there, too. We have actually Byron in the chat uh, wanting us to hit Michael
2: Carter overs for the third straight week. Um, hey, I, I have that one down. I'll even lump that one on. You can go... Hall over six and a half carries Michael Carter over two and a half catches. Hmm.
0: Interesting. Connor. I know you're on the other side of the, of the I mean, we're pivoting here. we talking jet stuff, but I know you're on the other side of some Brees Hall stuff, right? Well, I, I took the under on his receptions, but that was just
1: because Ty Johnson played a role and they made a clear effort to get him involved in the receiving game in two minute drills last week. I think that the rushing attempts is probably the right move here because I mean, we projected for around 10. I'm not necessarily saying that Brees Hall is going to play, you know, less. he just won't be, I just don't think he's going to be involved in like clear passing two minute drills as much, um, with Ty Johnson playing that role. So I think that they, eventually they're going to have to go towards Brees Hall more on the ground on early downs right now. It looks like kind of split with him and Carter, but I took the under one and a half receptions at plus money would consider playing it at even money. But you know, I don't think that I would touch it at anything more, any juice on the under there, but yeah, I like the over on the attempts that's popping in our player prop tool as well. I think we have projected for like 10 carries this week. So, yeah, I guess the only scare is if the game does get out of hand, but to Pat's point, the most efficient market in all of sports betting is telling us that it is not going to be a blowout. So I think that we can lean on that.
2: I looked at the receptions for Hull as well and going under because I saw the same thing that you did. The Jets game just itself, I feel like if you, if you can get it right based on what we've seen so far, it actually makes for like a nice same game parlay. Carter over two and a half catches, Hall under one and a half catches, Hull over six and a half. Like all of a sudden you got like a five to one on your hands. We got Hall at
0: 11.9, so yeah. Bonus props for you here. Uh, Pat, you can give your official first play, but, you know, people come in live, they're getting bonus stuff. Pat's ready to go.
2: Yeah, we are. I mean, my, my play was Hall over six and a half.
0: Oh, that was your first one? Okay, yeah. good. It's so not even bonus. Screw you and your bonus stuff. You just get the four we each give, so um, Jets to off the top to get us started, so no problem with that. Uh, first one for me will be Drake London uh over 54 and a half receiving yards this is still out there on bet mgm minus 115 um we talked about rookies in the jets getting their rookies involved through two weeks drake london looks every bit the part of a top 10 pick and a guy who is going to be a priority for their offense they still refuse to do anything with you know with kyle pitts and having him avoid difficult cover corners they don't line him up as a tight end and that's great that he can do that but like it'd be great to have him maybe in line and maybe get him lined up or scheme him up on a linebacker Uh, In the meantime, uh, this guy is eating. Uh, Drake London is stepping in. Our route participation grew last week from 82 to 89. He earned 32% of the team targets to date on the season, 38% of the air yards. Seattle defense, I still think, is one of the worst three in the league. They are below average talent across the board. Personally, I love to look at, especially early in the season when it's kind of noisy statistically, can be really dependent on who you played. Defensive success rate, I think, is a really good lean. Seattle is dead last. They have zero three and outs defensively this season. Every single one of the drives against their defense has either resulted in a touchdown or at least a singular first down. Um, I think this is kind of a game where it's going to be slow paced and um, not a lot of exciting offense. I think the total is down like 41 and a half, 42, but I think Drake London is going to be a priority and still gets a lot of work. So 54 and a half still out there um,
2: is, a, is a great play for me.
0: Minus Minus one fifteen.
2: I, I went back and watched this game because I was very confused about what was going on. I haven't projected right around that number, so I think it's a, it's a sharp number. So it really depends on your personal opinion of how you think that Seattle does things. Unders against Seattle, I think, are going to prove to be rather fruitful just because they don't run plays ever. They slow the game down to such an extent that they run so few plays and take so long to run plays that all of a sudden the other team can't run any plays at the same time. But the Rams did last week, the reason that you saw so much Drake London, I was like, what is going on with Kyle Pitts? So what we've seen through two weeks so far is opposing defenses, both the Saints and the Rams have made it priority number one on the defensive side of the ball to essentially high-low cover Kyle Pitts. You are not going to beat us with Kyle Pitts, thus leaving Drake London this one-on-one coverage. If that continues on this week, he ends up with 120 yards eventually if, I mean, the Atlanta offense has looked really good. They've been hard to slow down. It's the defense. It's absolute garbage. So if this week, if I don't know, if Seattle necessarily has the personnel to do that would be my worry. And I know that eventually it's going to be a squeaky wheel type thing that, you know, it's going to be London, London, London. Everyone's just out on pits. Oh, I hate pits. That pits is just going to absolutely explode. I could see this being that week. I thought about that one too, because I do
0: think that that's a pretty good, you know, yin and yang. You you've talked about that a lot here early in the season is, which is the bounce back of what everyone saw last week is what we think is going to happen again. And everyone's down on pits and we're up on London, and this is a nice spot for that to to bounce back. But yeah, I think defensively, we're seeing a lot of the same stuff we saw from Seattle last year is they don't have the talent to match up and they play really conservatively and allow you to dink and dunk and take anything underneath. We saw it in a big way in the Denver game in week one. Uh, They allowed like a 10% higher success rate allowed in the season last year defensively than anyone else in the league. Like the Jets, I think, were 31st at like 44%, and I think Seattle was like 52%. They will give it to you um, if you were, just want to be patient and dink and dunk. So I actually considered the Pitts number, and I also liked Drake London over four and a half receptions, but it came out with significant juice on it. And we saw there, too, where producer Sal had the prop tool up. Um, if you go on our site, Prop Finder, in the betting section, you can basically type in any player. I think you can use it for any sport and type in and get the number up there. Allow you to shop books in one spot without having to go book to book and tab to tab. Um, so I like the London reception number, but I'm not willing to pay minus 145 for a reception prop. So I get it. I do think Kyle Pitts is a viable look too, but I think London with just this air yards and target shares is pretty massive. So
1: with uh, Pitts is getting steamed right now. I don't know if you guys saw, but multiple people have hit Pitts overs. It opened at 44 or 40, like around there. It's up over 50 now uh, on the receiving yards, which is I mean, it's it's getting to be a lot. He's going to break out one game. I just don't know when it's going to be. Uh, and, and you mentioned that Seattle plays, you know, a lot of zone. You know, I, I've heard that Drake London has been doing pretty well in zone, you know, comparatively. So I think that that's probably a good look. Um, but the number is already 55. You know, I think that that's a little bit tough for me to um, bet. But I, I would definitely lean over.
0: All right, Connor, back to you. Uh, bet number two.
1: All right. Bet number two. I mean, this one broke my heart a little bit. Not Ooh, gonna yes, lie. This is, this is tough, buddy. Yeah, this this was seriously coming off my priors here. I took Chase Edmonds under thirty-five and a half rushing yards. Uh, Bills defense ranked second in explosive run rate allowed, fifth in run defense EPA through two weeks. Chase Edmonds was out carried eleven to five last week by Raheem Mostert. Essentially, all negatives. And beyond that, I expect the Bills to kind of push the pace here, force the Dalvitts to continue to pass who already ranked third in pass right over expectation. So, I mean, it essentially took a long run late in the game last week for Edmonds to even get to 33 yards. Now he has a much tougher matchup. So I, I think you're able to find the 35. I'd play this down to 30. I think, you know, cause you're looking at a guy who's probably going to be on the wrong side of that, you know, split as of now. And, I think that they probably get him more involved in the passing game, or continue to have him involved there. But it seems like Mostert right now has outplayed him in the early downs, and he he didn't even start last week. I mean Edmonds like like Mostert started, so um, it's sad. I was really excited about Mostert, but uh, or about uh, Edmonds, but I think we are where we are given the matchup, the workload.
0: Uh, I like the under here, Fred. It was a surprising late carry too. Like they were in no huddle and they were trying to go fast and they had had a lot of success. And I think it caught them Baltimore off guard. And yeah, that was like more than half of his yardage in the game. May, when he thoughts here to this running back split.
2: Yeah, it was very interesting to see just the amount that Miami kept running with Mostert on early downs coming into the second half when they were down 21 points. And it was very effective, and it kind of set up what they did later on in the game, because every time Mostert touched the ball, he was running downhill. And that's nothing new for Colonel Mostert, but he's just always hurt. So you always forget that you're like, oh, yeah, this guy's really good. He's basically just one cut, hit the outside edge, and boom. Just run as hard as you can downhill, and it was very effective. But I don't know if that was a Baltimore-centric game plan. Maybe they felt they had the advantage with him. We know that Chase Edmonds is the better receiving back, that in a game where you know that you're big underdogs, and listen, last week, for whatever reason, they continued to run with Mostert and had of him in the game will that go back to what we saw more in week one? I just feel like this Miami offense is going to look a little bit different every single week so I like this one with even if Edmonds ends up with like 70 percent of the snap share for the Dolphins this week you can't run on the bills the bills front four is awesome. yeah
0: yeah it is unpredictable it is interesting to see such a massive split because we looked at rush share in the first week most there was at 22 percent. Uh, with Edmonds at 52%. And then we have a massive split, 61% to 28 Like, did moster just have, like, uh, such a kick-ass week in practice? Like, it, it must be something in the scheme or in the matchup that they thought, uh, not scheme, but matchups. Yeah, it's just really, it's its curious. So, yeah, I mean, I think Connor is is on the right side of this because, again, betting on what we saw there, I think, it makes a lot of sense. I think, Jens play volume in general, I think, is going to be a problem here. I guess, rushing attempts because this is going to be a lot of play volume in this game. But I think they're going to have to be forced to throw. And, uh, yeah, I, I'm proud of you for uh, being an adult here and moving off of a very strongly anchored take that you had all offseason. Uh, we did a draft together, and I think you took Chase Edmonds in the fourth at one point. So
1: it was okay. It was a 14-man league. I took him at the 4-5 or five turn, and I was – I mean, it was an all-you-can-drink thing. You know, I mean, <laughs> they can't – I mean, at that point, you know, we were already way too deep. So, you know, definitely a mistake. Mistakes were made, and I'm 1-1 and in that league for a reason. But um, also, Chase Evans right now, I think he's dead last in the league in rushing yards over expectation, just out of every single running back. So, yeah, I think it's just time to to let go.
2: Seems not great. All right, Pat, number two. All right, I have, and maybe I'll save this for two and three. Uh, Pick the number one or two. Two. All right, Juwan Johnson, over. 22 and a half receiving yards in this game. He continues to be the primary pass catcher at tight end in the Saints offense. Tr- old trout face doesn't do anything but besides block and stand in the end zone. But it's actually Juwan Johnson who's out running routes. Kamara's back, but he's clearly not 100%. I don't know how effective this rush game is going to be. And we've even seen Carolina be pretty stout against the run, to be perfectly honest. You can pass all over them. And I think that's what we're going to see from the Saints this week. Everyone's talking about Olave and how he had... 4 million air yards and garbage time against the Bucs. Like, that's great. Uh, this isn't the Bucs defense. For one thing, you can actually move the ball on the Carolina defense. That, I mean, what is this, two catches? That's fine. I, I Like, he went four for 40 last week. Probably should have had a better game than that overall. Jameis missed him wide open twice in that game. That, you know, this could be one catch for Johnson. Or he could just pile up three greasy ones and get over this number. I haven't projected for over 30 points or 30 yards in this game. Getting 22 and a half. Minus 110. I like it a lot. When you actually get a tight end with a route participation
0: mark over 70%, that's like elite tight end usage. And that's where we're at with Johnson two weeks in a row, 79%, 71%. I mean, Troutman is barely out there, has not seen a target all season. So, like, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I think it's a it's a pretty good look. What do you think, Connor?
1: I love it. That was actually on one on my list. I didn't see it until now. That's why you, I was looking for it in our prop finder. It looks like 22 and a half across the board. I think, you know, correlated with that, you're probably going to see a reception line around two and a half. I think both overs are great looks considering his, you know, route participation, as you mentioned, and, and the stats there. Also, uh, Luis, newly appointed uh, VP of strategy at four for four is now wanting to give away free move the line t-shirts. Um, so anyone here in the chat chime in, uh, we will get you a free move the line t-shirt. Uh, Appreciate you guys hanging out here. For sure.
0: We'll get Pat a hoodie.
1: (laughs) Yeah, Pat gets a hoodie. The hoodies are really nice. The t shirts, nah.
0: T shirts are really nice if you wash (laughs) your own car. Um, and you like want to detail your rims or something like that? Um, I'm Matt, sure.
2: imagine washing your own car, you need to win more prop bets, pal. <laughs> Seriously, I'm talking to the subs, Pat. You know, of, yeah, well, they're subbing so that they can win the money and don't have to wash their own car. This is a great point. Yeah, it's just very comfortable t shirt. We'll,
0: we'll leave it at that. Very comfortable t shirt. Um, but the uh, the design, sorry, Luis, I'm not sure if it was Luis's design, but uh, you know, <laughs> they're comfortable t shirts. So, all right, um, number two for me is Damian Pierce over uh, 58 and a half rushing yards. This is on FanDuel. Um, I actually got this for our subs at 55 and a half. Uh, Connor and I jumped on this when it first jumped out um, really bizarre running back usage. I think in week one, especially considering how they handled and talked about Damian Pierce late in the preseason, but they gave him the keys in week two. Uh, Rex Burkhead was used solely on passing downs. Pierce handled a hundred percent of the running back carries um, he's third in the league in broken tackle rate, which we know is one of those sustainable stats for, probably indicative of skill set. I think too for running backs. And I think the quote that we saw too from Lovey this week really solidified his role. I don't know if you guys saw this on Twitter. He was talking about how they, as a football team, we need to finish better. I've said that an awful lot to the team, but I haven't said it to Damian. He finishes plays. He's what we want to be. So all those things are. Encouraging coming off of the back of 100% rushing carry. So the Bears have offered very little resistance against opposing ground games this season. They are 27th in football outsiders DVOA. They are 26th in explosive run rate allowed. This is a pretty coin toss game here, two and a half, three points to spread. We have him projected for about 18 carries, I think even in the 14 to 16 range on the low end. Is a probably a pretty good look here. We haven't projected for 76 yards. So, uh, Pat would love to get your thoughts here on uh, a play that Connor and I are both on.
2: I love it. Uh, I actually had this one down till I checked the spreadsheet, saw you had it, and I was like, wow, I don't want to double down on this one. But we can talk about all these things, even if he doesn't handle 100% of the rushing attempts. That's okay, especially in this game, because it's two teams that want to run the ball a lot, don't necessarily stop the run all that well and weirdly enough in game neutral situations through two games at least not that Chicago has played a ton of neutral situations but when they have they run a lot of plays really quickly and then you take a look at Houston they're fourth in the league in terms of game neutral script and how fast they play so you have two teams that are really fast yes it bleeds the clock because they do both do a lot of running but normally in a game like that when we think about Seattle it's like well wow, they're just gonna basically take down the play amounts from everyone else because not only is Seattle a very slow team they run a ton and don't run a ton of plays that's not the case with the texans or the bears they run a ton of plays they just happen to run a lot so i just think through attrition alone that you're most likely going to get there the only problem with this one and this is why it's sports betting it's not sports locks as we go into it is that you know if burkhead is just all of a sudden playing 60 percent of the snaps this week it's like oh yeah the texans are stupid this is what they do
0: yeah. That's actually why, you know, when I hate to buy into like narrative or coach speak, that's kind of why I was encouraged with that quote from Lovey is that you feel like, all right, they gave him the keys last week. And like you said, a hundred percent is probably not in the cards again, but even if he's dominating and we're in like the 75% of the running back carries here. Um, that's why I think even with our projection upwards into like the 18 carries Mark, I think you can still get to where we're looking for him to get to in the 14, 15 range. So I uh, feel pretty good about that one. Looked, it looks like it's moved a little bit. There's some 60 and a halves, 59 and a halves. Starting to get a little pricey, um, but I, I don't mind it under 60. So, Cotton, are any thoughts now that it's moved? I know we got it at 55 and a half.
1: Um, hit the alts. I think the alts are the way to go. You know? <laughs> uh, yeah, I really think that this could be a, a ladder game. You um, you know, like, you know, like, I think that you should be hitting like 70 plus, 80 plus, 100 yards. I know it's plus 470. I mean – he got he saw all the running back touches or all the running back carries last week. Amazing matchup, like is you had outlined there. So yeah, I think that you should be hitting some alts here. 90 plus yards plus 320. Uh, I mean, I just think that this line is too low and just like we're they're factoring in week one too much where it seemed like uh, you know, just I don't know. But it seemed like they they really want to go towards Damien here.
0: Yeah. Broken tackle rate is nice too, and encouraging. Uh, Connor, number three at the turn.
1: Yeah. Um, so I I will give this out on the show here. I just got a message um, saying that, uh, you know, potentially there Justin Herbert is on the outside looking in uh, for this game uh, for against the uh, Jaguars. So, and the line just moved all the way from seven to six. Um, so I don't think that this is a complete false rumor there for, so uh, for those in the show, I know this is a prop show, but uh, any unders on pass catchers or just hit the Jags outright plus seven, all good looks. Um, Yep. So, all right, let's see here. Third bet, Marvin Jones. I actually just, <laughs> speaking of, I took the under here, but I think this is still fine, obviously, even if, if that happens. Right, Marvin Jones, under 42 and a half receiving yards. Um, I took this at DK or MGM. He's 0-2 to this number um, this season. Now faces the toughest match of the day against the Chargers. He'll likely square up against, you know, Asante Samuel Jr. for most of the snaps. I uh, lined up at left wide receiver last week at 40 or 54 snaps. Samuel plays the majority of his snaps out wide uh, at right cornerback. So I think that that should be a pretty tough matchup for him. Samuel currently PFF's 23rd ranked corner in the league. Not to mention, I just, Marvin Jones is a little bit dusty here. So, um, you know, I think that that's, I think that the under here is probably the right look over 40. I'm just, I'm just shocked to see it there. I know Lawrence has played awesome and I'm like buying into the Jags. I just think that this number is a little bit too high.
0: Yeah, Pat, what are your thoughts on that?
2: My initial thoughts on it were leading exactly with Connor, and then I checked out what my projections tell me, and I have Mervyn Jones as a strong over to this number. Weirdly enough, I have him at 50 total yards in this four and a half catches, seven targets. Just seems like, and maybe this will shift it back because I had this as a very high pass volume game for the Jags. And I felt like Evan Ingram was a bit overinflated based off last week. You mentioned Juwan Johnson running more than 70% of the routes on dropbacks. I mean, Evan Ingram's inside the top 10, over 70% with that. Uh, Tower Conklin was, and we'll see if that continues uh with uzama back but if uzama sits like that that would be the one thing i'd be worried about with locking in some of these conklin numbers right now is that uzama can say he wants to play all he can and you know, like was it a limited practice today connor or was it a full practice
1: it was a full it, okay. he was he, he came back in full and said that he was quote trending towards playing and then early in the week was like i'm gonna play like i against my former team that's basically that's my analysis of he's gonna play so Cars uzama
2: uh, is what we want to play here yeah,
0: Connor's banking on more than one play from <laughs> Yeah. because he wants hopefully. to be dressed, <laughs> run out the tunnel, you know, be out there to warm up, uh, and then be able to not be in street
2: clothes when he shakes their hands at the end of the game. So
0: maybe he could do that, but uh, hopefully on more than on more than one play. Yeah, but so with you, I, like- I,
2: I don't, I don't love that one. That's just more of a stay away for me. Uh, I'm going to go to part two of my crappy tight ends and their overs along with Juwan Johnson. Um, and this is just from like watching their games, how you expect this game to go. I am worried about this Kansas city, Indianapolis game. It just feels like Indy is the right side on the point spread and Kansas city might not tune them as much as, you know, Johnny Public thinks that they're going to. Either way, Kyle Granson is 15 and a half receiving yards at DraftKings sportsbook right now. Like he is far more involved, like he's playing more snaps, marginally than mo Cox is, but he's running routes on dropbacks like that's all i really care about and if you can project out matt ryan at like 35 pass attempts in this game Pittman, yes he's still banged up is alec pierce gonna be back maybe he doesn't do anything anyway paris campbell might as well be running on a treadmill for all the cardio he's getting like he's a guy that they throw to because it's an easy pass for matt ryan who can't pass anymore
0: yeah uh paris campbell a uh Jalen Guyton All Star, um, Chris Hogan back in the day too, used to do a lot of that with, uh, with New England. But yeah, Granson is, uh, you know, run more routes in both games than Mo Cox, who you know someone that I liked coming into the season. I thought was going to have a nice role. Finally, out of the you know the Doyle shadows, and it's been it's been Granson. So uh, I know some people really liked him coming out, and and he's been he's been involved. So yeah, 15 and a half is not a very high threshold to uh, to overcome there. So yeah, they could dink and dunk in there. They have some injuries actually. Kansas City does. I uh, normally in the secondary, but a linebacker, too. So, yeah, Granson is actually a really nice look. I like these low threshold overs. It doesn't take much to get there.
2: No, I, I had a lot of success. I forget what year it was when Jimmy Graham was on the Bears. Maybe it was last year? <laughs> my memory's bad now. But, like, his over-unders <laughs> every week were, like, six and a half yards. It's like, well, yeah. he's averaging, like, two for 25 every single week. We should just bet overs on this and make it our only bet.
0: I think I had an episode of this show last year where I had all four of my plays were tight end overs. Um, over like 28 and a half yards or something
2: like that. It was just all like really small little stuff. So yeah, no no yep. problem. With- Let me ask you about this one because I'm, I'm seeing the numbers right now. It's looking more and more like Hunter Renfro is not going to play on Sunday with this concussion. He still has time to pass protocol, but it's not looking great. So right now, if you want to bet Mac Collins, who was super involved last week, 35 and a half is over under. Uh, it just got readjusted. They just boosted it up because it was 28 and a half at minus 190. It now just resetted itself at 35 and a half. This is going to be a really popular one uh, just based off what we saw last week. I think I would actually pivot and go Foster Moreau over 14 and a half because Matt Collins is kind of a receiver, but he's actually just a tight end. And I think that Moreau is going to end up running more routes. That's just my take on it.
0: Interesting. Connor and I were talking before the show about Darren Waller looks. You know, Waller wasn't – I haven't heard anything injury-wise, but he wasn't really involved late in that game, so I'm not sure if there's anything to be worried about. But, yeah, we saw a spike in routes run for Foster Moreau last week, 45% after 22%, uh, and got targeted on 17% of his routes run. Uh, Connor, any thoughts on basically the Raiders, you know, outside of, of uh, Renfro?
1: Yeah, it was interesting because Hollins was playing a ton in like two wide receiver sets, and like it was – like it wasn't Renfro for a while. It was just like Hollins and Adams. And they were just like, I mean, blocking a lot of times still. But it, it was just strange because Renfro, you know, was playing a lot more last year. And now uh, seemingly he's playing a little bit less. And now with him out, though, it's, I, I don't really know who kind of takes that role or soaks up more targets. Because Renfro is still being targeted a good amount, earning targets. So, I mean, you're looking at whatever, seven to ten targets a week essentially now being uh, dispersed throughout uh, the Raiders probably for this week. So I, I would lean Moreau overs are good. Darren Waller, overs. I would still lean over on Matt Collins at 35 because I think he sees probably four to five targets here again. But, I mean, it could also be a Devontae Adams game where he sees whatever, like 12, 15 targets and all the other ones go under. So, I don't know. I think I, I, I'll probably have to look at it a little bit more in depth.
0: Squeaky wheel gets the grease there with Adams for sure after. Right. You know, dominating in week one and then just getting basically skunked um, against just maybe the worst secondary in the league. It was a very, very peculiar thing. Uh, all right. Number three for me is I'm uh, on Ross St. Brown over 70 and a half receiving yards. This is still available and minus minus one ten on points bets. Uh, very encouraging. We know we have like the grits and all the things about, you know, Dan Campbell and wanting to be an old school, establish a guy. They're throwing it pretty, uh, pretty high rate in situation neutral, times like again they don't have a lot of those either because they've kind of either been up earlier kind of, you know trailing behind but uh interesting to see again they got up pretty big early against the commanders and came out on first down and through you know up 17 up 24 um so bodes really well for st brown who is now on eight straight weeks of double digit targets he's topped this yardage mark in seven of those eight games the matchup against the vikings again this is probably one of the highest scoring games of the week in the dome fast track really bad secondary for both squads Uh, Minnesota's allowed the fifth most passing yards per game through the first two weeks. And again, Sun God, fourth in target share so far this season. So I just think this is a really too low number. I don't think the books have adjusted to kind of what's carried over from last year. I know there were concerns about how he ate last year, mostly with everyone else on the lineup, without Hawk, without Swift, but it's continued. And I think what he's seen, he's continuing to earn targets. And I think he's going to eat in this game in a bad matchup. What are your thoughts, Pat?
2: I want to play Swift overs in this game on everything. I think it's Swift who beats up on the Vikings. Not, I mean, not to say that Amon Ra is not, but I think that Swift is the the way I would try to take this. But cowards who run sports books will not release any Swift props. It's outrageous. Well, I think because he's questionable, right? Or he's like he's limited. Like, I, I, I think he this, was far more questionable last week, and he still dominated. He did dominate. Yeah, well, didn't dominate in in very
0: few touches. But yeah, I think the word today in his practice report was he was hobbled, a hobbled uh, Swift. So yeah. You'll probably get him by the time Sunday rolls around. So it's
2: just like I want Fournette over on everything. Oh, he's questionable. He's not gonna. He's gonna play and he's gonna have like thirty touches.
0: Yeah, I want that too. And I, Connor got a piece of that too early. Uh, right. Connor, any thoughts on uh, the Sun God?
1: No, I think you have a good read on it. I mean, it's it's over nothing for me. I mean, it's already whatever seventy yards, so it's kind of like high. But just the usage is like insane. So it's. I know that's your jam, the good wide receiver overs, uh, and so. You know, yeah, exactly. Beat.
0: Second to tackle props. But, yeah, that's the other place. Um, I'm not we- necessarily a thought leader in the elite wide receiver over space um, comparative to, you know, where I'm at from a tackle prop standpoint. But, you know, we'll we'll get there. We'll figure it out. Uh, Connor, bring us home number four. Yeah, my
1: last prop here is I, I couldn't do all unders this week. So, last prop, two uh, over 35 and a half pass attempts. I expect this game to be fireworks. I think it could look similar to their last week against the Ravens. So these two teams with the Bills and the Dolphins ranked first and third in pass rate over expectation. The Bills last week, doesn't matter, Gabe Davis goes out, they passed 74% of the time in neutral game script uh, for however that lasted, for however long that lasted. But the Bills offense just had no problem moving the ball against the Dolphins last year with the same defensive coordinator, scored 35 and 26 points against them. Um, now the Bills defense is going to be missing uh, Micah Hyde, Jordan Poyer, Dane Jackson, and probably Jordan Phillips, he said, I mean, looks iffy. So missing four of their top defensive starters. Um, And we know that the Dolphins want to pass the ball as is. So I think that we're looking at the Dolphins coming out and throwing the ball in neutral game scripts. And then in negative game scripts, I mean, they're going to be throwing the ball the entire game. Um, So I think the two, uh, I mean, two had 50 pass attempts last game. He had 33 in week one, despite playing in like a slow, low scoring game against the Patriots. So now you're getting like a fast uptempo game with a lot of scoring and passing. I think the over here is the move. So. We have them for over 36 past temps now. Uh, I think that 35 and a half is is a good look there, and you're stable, still able to find that at most shops, I believe.
0: Yeah, look, uh, Sal's got it up here for us. Looks like the best place to go is MGM. Um, Everyone's got 35 and a half. MGM has minus 110, which is a good look. And uh, yeah, I'm on this one with you too. I just think we see a good amount of play volume here. Uh, Pat, what do you have here on uh, on Tua?
2: I thought you were going to say over 35 and a half interceptions because I would have taken the over on that too.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think that there's some, we had some issues actually with our projections. So I was curious to see what you had because I think, you know, long term, you want to regress back to, you know, the mean off of uh, obviously a top one percentile outcome for Tua, what we saw last week. And then you also have this situation where, you know, Buffalo historically in the last couple of years defensively has been really strong. They've not given up a lot of big plays, they've really limited offenses in general. But the one thing that's not really accounted for is what Connor mentioned too, and that is just the clustered injuries, especially in the back half, too. So not curious yeah, I,
2: I, I've heard people talk about this all week, and it's great for me because I've hammered bills minus five and a half at one point, got it at six again. And I have Bill's alt totals in this game, like 16 and a half. And maybe I'm just way off on this, but I don't think not having a secondary matters against the Dolphins. As counterintuitive as that sounds. The big difference between Baltimore last week and the Bills this week is the Bills are going to rush four and be and Tua's face the entire game. Tua was not under any sort of duress against the Ravens. The moment you put any pressure on Tua, he folds and he just starts throwing picks and forcing the ball. So I think you could have like me out there in the secondary. It's like, He's not going to have time to throw the ball deep. And so it's not really going to matter in these one-on-one coverages. Perfect. So we have
0: – that's why we went attempts and not yards too because, you know, I also poked holes. You know, I'm less – I'm more on your side with this too. Big Bills guy checking in, team total over, Bills minus everything. Um, but I think from an attempt standpoint, I think too, we can get there. I'm a little bit more, you know, reluctant to think that he – has like a newfound efficiency. I do think Mike McDaniel can be a guy that can scheme yak in a big way. Like what we've seen San Francisco do over the years, but to your point pocket collapses very different beast there, but I know Connor is a little bit more pro efficiency as far as two it goes.
1: I'm certainly not taking the dolphins here at like plus six, but I do think that um, if Mike McDaniel is smart, which through two games, I believe that he is, he'll find ways to you know get the ball into Tyreek and Waddle's hands as quickly as possible. So that the defense will not be able to just pin their ears back and you know uh pass rush every single play that being said as you mentioned had mentioned prior they're good at limiting big plays regardless you know they're um you're able to keep things in front of them and so yeah it's, it's going to be an adjustment here like if they just try and you know bomb it deep every single play like they were against baltimore i don't think that that's going to work but i do think that there's a path for them to still be relatively efficient through the air uh you know given some of the secondary injuries here so But to Pat's point, you know, he won't have a ton of time. So there there has to be some changes made. Uh, So it'll be kind of a wait and see thing. Still think we get there on the attempts, but it has made me second guess any like overs on the yards, the passing yards and everything there.
0: Yeah. I still think that they can, he can put up some points. Um, We'll talk about that in a second, but then also still get absolutely, you know, curb stomped by the bills here, which I think is probably going to happen. So uh, we got two more props, one from Pat, one from myself. If you are hanging out with us in the chat, uh drop us a question let us know what your thoughts are something that you're eyeing you want to poke holes in anything that we've given out we will get to that at the uh whatever whatever time we have left here at the very end of the show uh pat your last prop for us this week
2: this is so gross (laughs) ian thomas under 14 and a half receiving yards against the saints it's so gross. He They're going to need him to block. And Giovanni Ricci was actually playing a weird amount of snaps for the, for the Panthers against the Giants when Thomas started to falter in that regard. Like, they want Thomas to be out there in the receiving game, and he gets one shot a game. In week one, he had, like, the 50-yard catch. It happens. Last week he had his one catch came below this number. Like he runs shorter a dot routes. He's hoping to make a guy miss, and he's super athletic and super fast. So if he gets by the one guy, but you could basically put his over under at seven and a half. It doesn't really matter. It's either he he gets it or he's absolutely nowhere near it. So I just don't like the way that this game shakes out for the Panthers. I know people like the Panthers are god awful. I like, I don't know what people are watching that it's like. And I have this big Atlanta bias where I think that Atlanta is secretly good. And I mean, not good as in like someone to watch out for, but like versus Carolina, like give me a neutral field. Give me Atlanta in that game. I think their offense is better. I think their defense is comparable. At least they have corners and a pass rush. They can't stop first downs, mind you, because you can run all over them. But with the Saints, like what we saw from the Saints defense last week is what we expected to see from the Saints defense week one the difference week one was you had Mariota running like a triple option with Cordero Patterson out of the backfield like it was and the thing is that's not what they intended to do they intended to run the ball with Damian Williams and then he got hurt so they had to switch on the fly of what they were going to do and they had no answer for this quickness of Patterson so yeah maybe they try to pass a little bit more but I just really think they're going to need their tight ends to block because their offensive line is garbage
0: I took the over on the Panthers team total last week and it was painful. I, mean, I went back and rewatched that game Monday morning and yeah, I'm tr- I'm moving off of some, maybe my, what you have with the Falcons is similar to what I have with the Panthers. Like I didn't think they were good and they were a playoff team, but I thought like young defense Baker's an upgrade over Sam Darnold. I like some of the weapons there, the offensive line they've addressed. Baker is, is a pretty, a problem, I think. Like he gets the ball batted down a lot. I, I feel like it is I don't know, they're underutilizing DJ
2: more. It's it's a mess. And and just even to go along with that comparison, here's why I don't understand. Why people are still on the Panthers? Like I was, I was looking at this for the fewest wins markets, and who's going to get the number one overall pick? I still think it's, I still hope it's the Bears. Uh, when all is said and done, this is a real hinge game this week for me, for the worst <laughs> record. For the, if the Texans can beat the Bears, we're in good shape again. That's fine, because uh, Seattle got its win, the Jets got its win, so everything's sort of at a neutral playing field right now. And then it would give Houston the win and a tie, which would put them ahead of them. But Atlanta's the favorite. have the number one pick right now and they're plus 250 at DraftKings sportsbook whereas the panthers are 10 to 1. now the panthers couldn't win and couldn't cover against the giants and the browns not necessarily two teams we expect to light it up the falcons at this point have blown a win and covered and then they went into la against the rams in cover against the saints and the rams two teams people projected to be in the playoffs so atlanta has two what i would call good losses covered both games, kept it relatively close. I mean, last week it seemed like a blowout, but by the end of it, Atlanta had a real chance to win that game. They had just been a little bit more efficient. And then you see Carolina have lost to, yes, one of the teams is 2-0, and the other one is 2-1. and No one believes in those teams because they're not good.
0: Yeah, it's. Uh, we're going to see. I think I have a bet on uh, Falcons under two wins in the division, and I don't feel good about it because they're going to get to play the Panthers, and the Panthers are, uh, are a problem. So, yeah, I'm with you. It's interesting. I like your card this week. We've got some, some definitely off the board, um, you know, guys that wouldn't be in Thrive uh, on Thrive's board. You know, they like to go real top-heavy with uh, guys that we know. We're talking about some uh, – get some stinky tight ends in this, uh, this slate, which is good. Hey, we want to find edges wherever we can find them, right? We don't get any bonus points for betting on, you know, um, Josh Allen overs. But here we are. To finish the show, we got a little bit of a special. This is a FanDuel special. Um, if you go click on the game, um, you can go to Game Specials, and they have these little tiers, plus 500 to plus 1,900. And there is a bet in there, uh, plus 650 for both Josh Allen and Tua to have one-plus passing yards in each half. Um, touchdowns. Sorry. Um plus 650. Now, their prop number alone for touchdowns, they both have a prop number available even on DraftKings at um you know over under one and a half. If you were to parlay that by itself, um it comes out to like plus 172. So now basically we're getting rewarded for the need to actually break it up and to have at least one per half. So I think, like Pat does, two probably struggles a little bit, but there's enough passing volume here to make up for it um josh allen has absolutely torched the dolphins historically and if you look at it like what they what they do is really predictable a lot of teams don't have a, such a predictable defense the dolphins are going to blitz their face off they led the league in blitz rate last year 38 percent. they are right there this year so far 39 percent. Um, they play a lot of man coverage when they don't play man coverage they essentially just rush three and drop back in the zone so it's pretty clear for Allen what he has to basically see pre snap and what's happening. And he has absolutely torched them. Um, big on over Bills, 30 and a half, any alt totals. Like there's going to be points here. So I have no problem with the Allen side. My concern is probably the two aside. So I think there's going to be a lot of points. So I think plus 650 is wrong. We don't usually get these specials that I think are actually probably, you know, advantageous lines. We typically see them like, when they juice it up and they pretend that it's better for you. But the prop itself, if you were to same game parlay over one and a half touchdown passes for these guys is plus 170. So I like where we're at, Connor. I know we looked at that. I actually tossed the prop to you and asked me what you asked you what you thought the number was and um, a little bit of a different look.
1: Yeah, I like I like it. Um, I guess the only question is, does Tua get there? I'm of the belief he does. So I think that that it's fine. Um, if you're not of the belief it does, he does. Then I I mean, I still think it's OK. At plus at 650, you know um so i I think that it's still a solid look no matter what again you know probably not a full unit look but you know maybe like quarter unit you know half unit if you want a little sprinkle on something fun for that game and really expect it to blow up
0: yeah i know you're down on two but um, any thoughts on that that's plus 650 I'm just anti to a man.
2: I can't yeah. I, and it's funny because I'm like usually the pro to a person. It's just I, I can't do it in this match. Watch me just lose all my money this week, but <laughs> it just feels like you want like real value. You just bet over one and half an interception at minus one ten.
0: Probably true. Yeah, even with the injuries. So all right. Uh, questions. We're gonna run through real quick before uh, give a look to thrive, Connor. I don't know if you've taken a look at uh, what their slate is. a look of a couple things again prop drop over thrive fantasy that promo code will get you a 100 percent instant first deposit match up to 250 at 250 of your account using the promo code prop drop you'll have 500 in there and you can max that bad boy help them fill that and just probably by entering it um you get an ev entry because It's 5,500. They're not going to fill it. Uh, So you're probably looking at some money. But uh, Connor, what are some early looks here in uh, this week's Thrive GP?
1: Just to speak to how soft it is, I think I got four out of 10 entries right and still cashed last week. Like it was like pathetically (laughs) low. And because of the overlay, I still ended up (laughs) making money. So uh, even if you suck like me sometimes, it's all right. Um, There are some good looks though this week. So they give you 20 props to choose from. They got some gifts here. Uh, Corlin Sutton, 48 and a half receiving yards. Like the over there, um, you know, I don't expect Jerry Judy to play. So I think that we're going to probably project it for around 70, good bit higher. We were on that last week. I like the over uh, this week again, uh, Tom Brady over under two and a half passing touchdowns and interceptions uh, under is giving you plus money there. Uh, I think that that is a good look. Uh, I don't, I just, I mean, that game total 41 between, um rogers and uh brady is shocking well i guess not that shocking given the current state of things but if you had told me heading into the year that it would be 41 i'm not sure that i would have believed you um so i mean without mike evans no chris godwin julio jones 50 50 to play russell gage banged up who are they gonna be trotting out scotty miller uh cole beasley they just signed so yeah those are probably two of my favorite looks um other than that mostly everything else is priced right but i think those two are solid looks here at thrive
0: yeah. I think Pat Thorman mentioned that they had to go to a local kid rock concert to find uh, Cole Beasley and, and pop him in this line of Cole Beasley in Florida makes so much sense. So oh, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm going to go with Pat here. I think toss this one out. They have DeAndre Swift combined rushing and receiving yards 67 and a half. Um, and it is even juice. So you basically feel comfortable taking the over, um, that's probably one of my favorites that jumps off the board here too. Other than obviously the, you know, Cortland Sutton one, as you mentioned, and the Brady one, I think is a pretty egregious line too. So
1: oh, here's, here's another one. Russell Wilson, 26 and a half completions. Uh, you can just take the under there. That's, I mean, that is Oh, really watch yourself with that one. Oh, oh, big, big, You're a big Russ thing? guy checking in.
2: Oh yeah. Russ is going to be fine. You just wait. Wait for us. I'm a Broncos backer. That number just seemed
1: really high. I mean, this should be, I what's the market at right now. I'm curious. I mean, I, I took the Broncos this week in a teaser um, to get them to seven and a half, but I'm not, I'm a little worried this week. Let's see here. What the, the market passing has, attempts.
2: what is the market for passing attempts for? I, I actually don't even know. Okay. It's, completions uh, right
1: now is 20 and a half. So this is six completions higher
2: than the market. So. Could always get a nice hedge off that but feels like thrive knows something listen you can talk about you can get a nice hedge out of that how many people do you think are going to go thrive play a prop and then go hedge out on a sports people don't actually do that you know that right oh man
1: yeah normal people do not do that yeah <laughs> normal people do not do that no
0: no so again uh prop drop is the promo code with thrive check that out get in the overlay uh just just show up and play You'll
2: <laughs> by play just get money just
0: just yeah just just you'll get that money back i promise um uh, all right some questions um jayvon hanging out with us last night and coming back today we appreciate you any thoughts on olave over 38 and a half receiving yards um you know pat mentioned earlier olave with the uh, uh, you know shout out to daigle the prayer yards you know he basically was just you know balls bouncing out of bounds and everyone you know runs numbers and pulls stuff up on Sunday night and Monday morning. And they're like, Oh, a lot of it. He's getting all this action. And this is like the old Robbie Anderson, where it's like, Oh, look at Robbie this is getting all this air yards. And it's like half of it was uncatchable. Um, most of it was in garbage time. So like be careful with some of the, the air yards stuff. Um, take it with a grain of salt. But uh, Pat, I don't know what your thoughts are on a this week.
2: I The number is fine. And over is probably the play here because just even when you compare his routes to Jarvis Landry, for example, he's just out there all the time. It's, it's one of the main reasons that I like Juwan Johnson. So if I like Juwan Johnson at 22 and a half, I kind of like Olave as well. The issue is if this game just remains close, whereas Johnson can get to that number on a catch. I mean, not to say that Olave can't, but that's probably two catches for Juwan Johnson. You're probably home free with the 22 and a half. With Olave, it's either really short or really long. And if they don't feel the need to take deep shots, if they're not losing, I then start to worry because it's not like Jameis is. Listen, he's not Mac Jones in terms of accuracy, put it that way.
0: <laughs> yeah, we have actually a pretty nice, I'd say bullish uh, number here. We're about 55 yards on a but again, it's like three and a half catches. That is, I assume, baking in a pretty massive uh, air yards look last week. So, uh, Connor, any thoughts on 30 and a half there?
1: Yeah, lean over. I think the number should probably be like low 40s, but uh, it's just you're going to be – I would rather play an alt over uh, like a 50-plus at like plus money than probably 38 at like you know over minus 110.
2: I like that, actually. I, I think that's, that's a very savvy move on some of these receivers that you can go with. Like I have Olave projected for under. I have him projected for 34 yards. But if he ended up with 140 off two catches, I mean, that's in his range of outcomes. So you might as well try to at least get a multiplier on that. Yeah, so we have
0: the Panthers, so far, fifth lowest explosive pass rate allowed in the season. They've played Jacoby Brissett and Daniel Jones. So, you know...
2: (laughs) I I can't hearken on that enough, and that's a great point, Noonan. is just, like, look at who they play. It's it's a two-week sample on all this stuff. So when you're comparing everything, like, some of it doesn't make a lot of sense unless you put it into context. I think that's pretty good context to put it in.
0: Yeah, Jacoby... I guess he's maybe outperformed our expectations a little bit, but like they're not pushing the ball down the field from like an explosive play, right? These like 12 yard outs to Amari Cooper, um, you know, or a little slants, like hopefully he breaks one, but that's not something that we can, can bank on here. Um, I, I
2: couldn't find team totals for um, total sacks this week. Me either. I've been looking. Yeah. If the Titans are at like one and a half sacks, team total sacks or even two over.
0: I'm looking in the same game. Raiders over.
2: I don't know about that because even though they have like the Raiders have a big name defense, right? Um, I just they, they did not look. I mean, maybe they guys got so tired against Kyle or chasing him around. They couldn't do anything. But the Titans so far are like sixth in adjusted sack rate uh, and the, the Raiders can't block.
0: They cannot. That's it's a fair look. Max Crosby was a problem last week, but Kyler just did Kyler stuff. Like Crosby was in there all the time. Chandler Jones in a good spot too, but like Crosby was a beast. So like specifically, I'm looking for Crosby stuff. But I think team total sacks on the Raiders is a uh, is a look here too. So yeah, I, I was
2: thinking about that for the Buccaneers too, because the Bucks have like the best adjust- the Bills and Bucks oh, have yeah. the best adjusted sack rate through two weeks, and like Green Bay can't block.
0: No, yeah, no Bakhtiari again, and yeah, definitely some injury issues us giving defensive props here and we are moving this show forward i absolutely love it. very progressive love it uh kevin checking in again uh those stuck in pick'em states pierce is 56 and a half on prize picks and 60 on underdog i think we both or all three of us are leaning on uh over regardless of your site so interesting to see the discrepancy uh we have a tool actually in our uh, odds comparison tool you can click the box and it will not only show the domestic books it'll actually show prize picks as well if you want to see and we actually have a prize pick separate tool too that runs with our projections uh right everyone wants a t-shirt uh we'll get to that another pierce look brian checking in with pierce leading rusher for the week uh at plus 2500 on DraftKings. so yeah can can get there i don't know where that is comparative to the other market one they-
2: that th- these he, here's the thing I know that, I don't know who's like like watching this show that doesn't also like bet on golf at the same time, but just compare like what would need to happen for Damian Pierce to be the top rusher of the week at 25 to one versus like a golfer. You would bet at 25 to one. Like it just seems, it seems like the Damian Pierce, like all of the- because it's the NFL and like the golf odds are betting to the ground anyway. Like the true odds on that are probably like 75 to one.
0: That, that actually wrecks my mind, Pat. And I love that you brought it up. And again, it might be only a small subset of our listeners and then Connor does he'll bet golf. Like when he tails something that I feel really good about, but like I have a hard time with like futures for the same reason When you're talking about like a, a, super bowl bet. And it's like, Oh, I, was, I love this long shot at like 30 to one. And it's like, well, it's that's like, like 30 to one, <laughs> right. That's like the middle yeah. of the board. Like that's actually, I love that. Like, that's good golfers. And like, you know, guys that I think can actually win an event. Yeah, um, I think what
2: happens is the NFL markets, especially the futures markets, and even odds like this are just so juiced because people want to, like football is just so much more popular to bet on than any other sport. And realistically in football, like what we're talking about are coin flips. Every single game, we're trying to find an edge on a coin flip and try to beat the market that way, whether it's a spread. Uh, I mean, people love betting like minus 200 money line favorites. So the only market with like, payoff and this is what like low limit players is how they lose a lot of money because they don't want to bet a hundred dollars on a game or five hundred dollars on a game and they don't want to bet ten dollars on a minus 110 at the same time to win nine dollars so they're looking for a way to maximize their five dollars their ten dollar their fifteen dollar bets that's why you see so many parlays get put together and just all of these losing situations that you put yourself into but The markets in football where people just get so used to a minus one ten, a minus one twenty five, a plus one oh five that when they start offering things like 25 to one, listen, it could hit. Listen, I think it's in his range of outcomes this week. Most definitely. It does not happen one in 25 times. That happens one in 75 times. It's just you get so used to these like coin flips that a 25 to one looks like bonanza if you can hit it, when it's just really not is not worth that.
1: Right, because you're looking at the rest of this this market here too. So it's like Jonathan Taylor at the top is like plus 550 and against the Chiefs. And then it's like Derrick Henry plus 850. I mean, it's just like every odds, are all, all of them are bad. You know what I mean? So yeah, like, yeah, they're horrible. So then you're looking at like, you're like scrolling down and you're like, oh, Damian Pierce is like 15th on the board here behind, you know, like uh, like Damian Harris. You know what I mean? You're like, oh, this is fine. You know, this is an okay, okay look here. So like, yeah, it's it's all just like they condense the market. They, I'm sure the hold on this market is like insane, but it is a yeah, lot. Yeah, well, of fun.
2: we'll do, let's, let's just try to figure it out in real time right now. So, what would you see? Plus five fifty.
1: Yeah. Um, and for, what's Henry? Henry's plus eight fifty.
2: I mean, plus eight fifty. And who are the next two? Mixon's twelve to one, and Fournette is fourteen to one. Fourteen to one to lead the. So, what you basically have is we'll just call it five hundred, just for the sake of this, and we'll call the other one nine hundred. So you have what a twenty percent chance that Jonathan Taylor leads the league in rushing this week. It's not, true. Yeah, it's <laughs> not true. true. yeah, definitely not true. And then we have, what, a 12.5% essentially on the plus 100. 900. So we're already yep. up to 32%. Of... <laughs> Just For by the top guys, two guys. To 32%. There's a lot of people that rush the ball throughout the course of the week. And even at the 12 to 1 and the 14 to 1. So now we're going to add on another 8%. Now we're going to add on another 6% of it. So that's 14. Yeah. So among the top four rushers, an overall hold that you're looking at, in terms of probability, we now have 48% of the probability wrapped up in four guys and the rest of the market does not reflect that whatsoever
1: no and it gets better there's i mean there's six more guys before, lower than 20 to one um so there <laughs> so
2: you're looking at more six percent so that's another 20 to 25 percent wrapped up <laughs> right. in those guys so and you're not even 70, like halfway
1: through the board so yeah, we're
2: up to 73 uh, percent of total hold so yeah, it's, it, i get i get why people want to play it and if you're right about pierce and you think he can go off. Listen, I'm not going to talk you out of it because those are, I play first touchdown bets, probably the stupidest market in all of football. Why? Because I like I like to watch a quarter of a primetime game and go to bed. and <laughs> you know, like that's the bet that I want to have in on it. Like, I get it. I, I get why it's fun to play those things. Yeah. And this one is probably fun to play as well. But this market in particular is especially just ludicrous. The other
0: mistake that's made too is the comparison solely to other bookmakers, right? Where you're like, oh, it's, x here but it's y on this site and it's like what's great like if you want to get down on that play you want the best number on the player but it doesn't mean that it's a good play or it's a good value right like it still can be a very donkey play and then again you can make negative ev plays it's okay not every bet that you get down has to you know run through the sims and check out that you're maximized it's okay it's sometimes it's just good to be fun that's why people bet Football. you bet uh, touchdown props and first touchdown props and like first and last and all that crap. It is, it's okay to get down and not be on the best of the number or have EV, but like, just be careful with it. You know, there are things that you want to be smarter on, and these are, you know, these are fun bets. We got down. We actually in our our Discord, someone popped uh, these numbers actually broke on Fanduel. Steph Diggs was twenty four to one to be the top yardage receiver for the week. That's a bad number it feels like is now but it's, like, not,
2: but it's not though that's right probably actually like a true value <laughs>
0: correct now it's now now it's down to nine right where comparatively <laughs> to the rest of the market he looked like a sore thumb because it's like why is steph Diggs all the way down here in a game that everyone's expecting to like shoot out into the 50s he's coming off of a massive game why is steph Diggs 24 when like Cortland sutton is 21 right like so again
2: That can help
0: in the screenshots, like, comparatively, but it's also dangerous.
2: Yeah, does Diggs have a 4% chance to lead the week in receiving? I actually say it's probably below that, considering he's probably like a, I don't know, 66% favorite, 70% favorite to be the leading receiver on his team. You always have to think about that stuff, too. But yeah, compared to what you're getting at the best, odds that you're going to find at, like, plus money right now, because it's early in the season, they're running all these promotions, or just wait for whatever the random touchdown boost is. Of the primetime game that night and take it. I, I mean, they're gonna they're gonna limit you, but this probably isn't for huge bettors anyway. Like, uh, I I mean, I can use Bet three six five where I'm at uh, for the Monday night football game. They were like Steph Diggs, plus three hundred anytime touchdowns. Like, just take it. Like he was minus one twenty to score a touchdown. They're just the max you can bet on it. Just find those and max bet them. I don't care if you think it's gonna happen or not. Those are actually the best odds you're gonna get.
1: Um, I got to pop in here real quick. Again, another update. Just got an update from uh, uh, Fantasy Life app here. Justin Herbert not throwing today during period of practice open to the media. So the line is now down to three and a half. Um, so someone else is a little bit more confident than I am that Justin Herbert's not playing. Hopefully some of you guys there in the chat got down on some sixes, five and a halfs because we're hanging around there at the last 20, 30 minutes. Um, but now it looks like it's down to three and a half at some spots. So pretty wild movement there
0: interesting to see so uh we appreciate your questions we went on a tangent today so we didn't get to all your questions but we appreciate you guys as always we will be uh back in this spot of course next week real quick though uh producer sal you can give me a yay or nay do you have a prop we'll get to that real quick um but i don't see your prop tool up so i'm not sure if you're ready to go he's got a prop sal hit it All right. This is our prop tool tied to our projections at four for four. Been best in the industry for over a decade. Available as part of a betting sub at four for four, uh, which is to secure you access to literally everything on the site. Head to four for four dot com spl- uh, slash plans and you can find that. We have Christian Kirk over 60 and a half receiving yards. Uh, this is on DraftKings at minus 115. Um, yeah. I mean, Connor's on uh, the Other side there with, you know, shorting Marvin Jones. Christian Kirk has been utilized in a pretty exciting way so far. Uh, Pat, let's get started. Any thoughts on Christian Kirk?
2: It's higher now, right? Like, especially now that Herbert might not be playing. I feel Mm -hmm. like that one's just really dicey until you know what the situation is.
1: We're going to see a low scoring game, I think, now at this point. So I probably lean under. Or at least just, I I mean, it's probably about right. 60 is just, I mean, it's fine.
0: Feels like a good number. Projections have him at 74 and a half. So i uh, showing some value on it, but yeah, I, uh, I kind of agree with the guys here. We're, we're up about what eight, nine yards from where Kirk has been. Again, he's, he's gone over this. He's been utilized. Like I said, creatively out of the backfield in the slot. They've been, you know, being smart and isolating him in, in good matchups. Uh, but yeah, we'll see producer Sal um, missed last week. Again, we talked about poo pooing running back, receiving overs and Javante fell a little bit flat there, but uh, Sal's going to get back on the, uh, on the saddle. So
2: uh, Pat, where can everyone find your stuff? At the PME on Twitter. Mayo Media Network on the YouTubes. If you're already on the YouTubes and you're watching, it's an easy switchover. After you finish this, go check it out. Me and Tambo just talked about DraftKings picks. and We thought Justin Herbert was playing, so it's kind of weird to promote that <laughs> now. But it was a fun discussion. I, I actually changed that my DraftKings show this year for Daily Fantasy, and I think it's better now than it ever has been because it's more of an open discussion about how are we actually going to play lineups this week it's not like well do you like cup or jefferson in your lines it's like well if you're not playing stafford and you're not playing cousins those two guys aren't an option so you know what i mean
0: yeah that makes sense yeah check that out uh tambo what did he, he won a showdown or something last night
2: too right yeah like he, he won 40k last night no big deal just
0: prince all the time Ooh.
2: Uh, so yeah,
0: pretty sharp guy. Check that out on uh, Mayo Media Network, bro. They spent 20 minutes on one question and answer to bro. We're just trying to provide good content. I thought we gave you some good stuff there.
2: <laughs> we can drop anyone who starts the fucking thing with bro can go fuck themselves. Band yeah. this idiot for life.
0: Uh, everyone else, drop your email in the chat. Get a t-shirt. Um, you know, we're trying to help here. Okay, give you free t-shirts too. So yeah, uh, ask for go pound don't get sand. One. Yeah, we're we're trying. We're trying here. So uh, all right. For Pat and Connor, I'm Ryan. We'll be back next week. Thanks, everyone. (laughs)